My name is Paul and I just wanted to understand how to break through the developer mindset of not being able to break things down into a two or three day work time box. Cool, thank you. Hey, this is Dave Pryor for Leading Agile Sound Notes. Today, I'm here with Tim Wise, and we're going to take on a student question. So, Tim, thank you very much for taking time out of your day. Thanks for having me, Dave. Can you tell the folks who you are in case they haven't listened to one of our many podcasts together? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, my name is Tim Wise. I work, uh, of course, with Leading Agile. I'm one of the consultants here, and currently, I'm doing some methodology work, working on the method of Leading Agile and doing various things to support uh, how we progress forward. Okay, cool. And we're going to take on a question I got from a student uh, in class this week. Now, this was a PO class, and this guy named Paul, uh, who's a non-technical product owner, is working with a team of people. And he was kind of expressing that there were some challenges in how he interacted with them here and there. But when we got to the part where I told him that the work you bring into a sprint has to be small enough to do in two to three days, he almost fell out of his chair. And he was like, they will not do that. They, They say it takes two weeks. Or it takes five days. And I said, well, you, that's not sound. I mean, you've got to be able to see progress throughout the sprint. You know, you should talk to them about seeing things from different perspectives. And he said, well, even their manager, who's not part of the team, supports that that's how big the work is. Um, so I wanted to ask you, because you've got a development background. You do more coaching. Um, you probably see this more frequently. Um, I told the guy that I would go back and find somebody who had who was, who was better versed in responding to this than I am because I'll share the way I respond to it at the end, but I, I think you probably have a much better answer than I do. Sure. And, and sure enough, I, I was a developer <laughs> in my background and, I thought and I'm also, sure enough, I've definitely uh, got a better answer than yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, I think all perspectives are welcome on this one, but, uh, uh, I, so I've got development in a background and I've also worked a lot with the product side and helping, um, all aspects of it. So, um, so this one comes up all the time. Uh, so they're they're not alone. You're not alone, uh, PO or a development team. Uh, but the the development team uh, and the PO uh, probably suffer from a little lack of communication on this one, and and uh, probably a lot of lack of of practice and knowledge okay. of how to break things down. Uh, but they also, if I if I have a team that says oh, it takes two to four weeks. I might just believe them <laughs> and say, you know, it might take two to two to four weeks for this for this thing to to actually manifest and occur. So we have to, you know, abide by a few certain rules. Uh, one would be like iterative, incremental type of delivery of consistently bringing valuable things. So uh, that's the part that's uh, it's really hard is to bring uh, to split this up where it's valuable. And it's hard from two ways. Uh, one, from the product side, they view uh, they view it as not valuable until it's whole uh, to to begin with. So, at least that's where someone that's maybe new to a product owner role might come in and say, "Well, it's not valuable until we get this entire thing." Uh, and then from a technical angle, they would say, "Well, I can't break it down any further because we have." to develop the back end and then we have to develop the, the APIs and then we have to But isn't that them just not seeing how to find vertical slices? Absolutely correct. Okay. So terrible at finding vertical slices and terrible at being able to 
to cut things up and slice them. But it's not it's not solely that on the technical side. There's there's a I think there's a bit more to it. There's an elegance to it. It's like the evolutionary architecture type of thing. Okay. Where uh, in order to build something that can evolve, that can be easy to evolve, that won't cause a lot of rework, that will allow the architecture to uh, to expand over time and and to uh, consistently maintain its integrity uh, by its, by being testable and having quality. In order to ha- have it where it can emerge, there's a certain prowess that they need on the technical side of the of the realm. Okay. Uh, so uh, it's very likely that that's not learned yet. Uh, not that they aren't good developers, but that's just maybe not in some, the wheelhouse yet. Yeah, yeah. It's it's maybe not a muscle they've had to to uh, to flex before. Okay. So. Um, you know, so you're going to be a little more forgiving on that. You're not going to like beat them up uh, if they don't have it yet. Yeah, I won't say that. I, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily be forgiving, but uh, <laughs> it's I'd have them invest their time in things like uh, solid uh, learning, solid uh, principles, and okay, uh, and evolutionary architecture, test-driven development. Those so, so this was one of the things that I said to the guy. I mean, after I kind of went off about it for a while, and we talked about splitting stories and Richard Lawrence's stuff and things like that. Um, in talking through it further, I was like, well, maybe that's not really the problem that you want to chase right now. Maybe there's other battles you need to fight first that will lead them to find that on their own, that this isn't a good way to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's, uh, but I, I would, the one battle I would pick pretty pretty quickly though is if if it's uh well we need to if you see well how how would you write this team and it's uh and the story comes out is you know we uh we have a quality assurance story or we have a, a developed the well that database. i'm not going to tell that i'm not letting that happen no matter what i'm gonna, <laughs> i can't even so get like, the sentence out i'm so upset about that or um, if it's you know so you gotta kind of that's a battle I would choose to, to pick on a little bit more and, and to tackle right away. Okay. Uh, similarly, on the PO side of things, I wouldn't just let it lay out as a uh, story that's unwilling to be broken down any further because they also need to learn how to evolve, let's say, evolve a UI uh, so that uh, while you can't imagine the picture being different from the concrete thing that you have in your head, how do we incrementally provide value to a way that's going to make sense to our end users, to our to our customers? Um, so that's. Can you uh, explain that one a little bit more? Like, just kind of ramble on about that one for another sure. minute. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to. I didn't have anything in my head when I said it, so I'm going to make up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it depends. Uh, so, like, let's. Yeah. Well. In this case, I'm just going to make it up, okay? <laughs> just to be upfront. Uh, so let's say we have a uh, uh, a registration screen for a sign up for you know some newsletter or something like that. Okay. Uh, and what what information do you really need on the on the screen? So you need it. You need an email for them to sign up with, uh, potentially. Okay. Uh, but you, you might over time want to also capture uh, their name, their address, their other information. Again. Totally making that up. Sure. But, but evolving it over time to be something more useful. And eventually, you might have more of a sign-in screen okay. or whatever. So when you say like. making, you're making it up, you're just saying we, we may not have locked down all the elements of information we have to capture. We can keep evolving that. And, or, and whoever's dealing with the UI is going to have to build it so that it can evolve. 
Yeah, and and that's that's a, like a, a nice, pristine state, I would say, of, of oh, let it evolve. But there's also, from a product stance, there is a very, they have an idea of where they want to end up. Okay. A lot of times, right? Uh, so it's it's not like it's coming in fresh and we'll just figure everything out on the fly. Yeah. But you you can even evolve to that uh, place by by getting there elegantly, and along the way maintaining releasability uh, along the way in it. And I'm doing a very poor job of explaining No, <laughs> you're right not, now. you're not at all. But, I mean, so I, but, to, yeah. just to, to bring it back, I want to come at it from another angle, but we're both saying that this is a really big deal, but that maybe it's not the first battle you want to fight, that there's other things that are more concerning. But, but do you agree that we do, it is very important for the success of the team to break the work down into very small chunks of work at least, Two at least, at, days. A, at least at a very, uh, at the very least, they, they need to be able to like. It's a non-starter if it doesn't fit into the sprint, right? Right. right. Uh, if you got one thing that you're committed to, and it's for the entire sprint, it's a hugely risky thing for the product owner to take on right. and accept. And it's also risky for the team to take on. And, yeah, because they've got it. one bet; they're putting all of it on yeah. one horse, and you really want to know that that horse is going to make it. Um, yeah. So. so Okay. Two to three days. Two to three days is totally. Uh, a, a, that would be a great place to be. And when they task, if they task the workout, how how big or small do you think the task should be? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. From the beginning, I think it it's, it varies based off of what you hear out there. Okay. I prefer to keep things absolutely under two days on okay. the task side, preferably under a day. Um, okay. For for your task, uh, because we're coming in to, to sprint planning every day or excuse me the daily stand-up every day and, yeah and make, making yeah we want to we want to make progress on something and uh all too often new teams um are used to 40 hour yeah tasks. well and i can see where they would say this 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 story or whatever can't be two days because the task is two days yeah um, right and and the and the tasks are very telling and, and whatnot. But yeah. I, I think that's the team and how they organize. They'll figure that out over time. That they can probably use some guidance on it, right? Yeah. But uh, and the guidance, ideally, I'd say between four to eight hours, somewhere in there. Other people would say less. Okay. Uh, and I will add that, that if they get things to two to three days, and they do that for a while, guess what? Might not need tasks. Yeah, anymore. that's true. They might be good enough. So well, I always um, encourage people, like if 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 I was working with the team, what I have always done is, you know, tried to get somebody from another team who's not familiar with the project, who thinks totally differently about problems, um, and have them come and sit with the team and try to pull it apart a different way, or gone through Richard Lawrence's patterns to look for those things like that. Um, but at the end of yeah. the day, I'm, I will be very polite and very supportive and very kind. At the end of the day, I'm, and this is one of my failings as a coach. <laughs> I'm probably just going to look <laughs> at the developers and say, no, listen, it's got to be smaller than that. And you can leave this room and you figure that out. And then I'm going to shut the door and walk away. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually, uh, so I'll, I'll hang in the pocket with them and okay. the and, and actually go through and say, what if we did it this way? What if we did it that way? What yeah. if we did it this way? Which some people would say would stifle them a little bit. I actually yeah. find it's, help, it's helpful. Uh, to, but that's, you just, you need some somebody examples. who's willing to poke at different parts of it and just see what makes the thing snap apart. It's like one of those yeah. box puzzles that you just can't open until you find the <laughs> one piece. It's kind of funny. I like the way that you said that. I used to tell uh, this to product owners, and I, I don't think it quite resonated the way I wanted it to. But I was like, okay, take that 
that thing you have in your head and smack it with a hammer and see where it falls apart. Like, where does it start breaking? And, yeah. and, and it, it didn't work. Like the, 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 the concept in my mind was kind of a natural thing. But to theirs, I think to, it's the hammer that gets in the way because it's not a <laughs> hammer. It's, it's more like, it's like, you know, when you got the roll of tape and you can't find the end of it to unroll, to, <laughs> that's what it's like. Like you got to find that piece. And if it's really, you know, if the scotch tape is really stuck well together, you can't find the part where at the end is and you can't open it up. Um, so I think it's more, I do think it's more art and practice. And um, so number one, I'd say practice. And I actually like, uh, you had a great idea, Dave. Now <laughs> you what? have plenty of great ideas. Uh like the pulling of someone else that has a different perspective, uh, particularly on the product side. Yeah. Uh, because this was a PO question. Uh, this PO did not have a technical background, but I find that uh, it's still about half and half these days of POs that do have a, a uh-huh. technical background. So go pull one of them and get them to give their perspective on it and, and collaborate a little bit on that. Like, hey, I'm having trouble here. I think that's uh, not a bad call. So this is a perfect segue for the last question for this particular podcast. What advice do you have or do you give to POs who are not technical? Because this, what I often see, and this was definitely the case here, is there's a sense that I don't have the right to question these guys. Like I don't have the depth that they do. I, I don't know. I have to trust them. I have no other choice. Yeah, I, th- I think this is going to be a hard one for me because I do have a technical background. It's going to be a little bit harder for me to relate to right. and have empathy for, but I'll give it a shot. Uh, I mean, does the so, PO have to develop that depth to be able to do the job? Uh, I don't believe so. No, not with the right team. And I, I think that a, a good team will value the PO challenging them as long as they learn to challenge. And like the, the issue with challenging is not that they challenge, it's it's that they challenged in a non-trusting way, in a demeaning way. Okay. Uh, so, uh, well, why is it going to take this long? Yeah. You know, there's certain, even, like, you heard the tone right then. Instead, yeah, so it's, it's respectfully instead of, questioning instead of, like, yeah, second-guessing. You know, the appreciative inquiry side of things. Like, uh, help me understand a little bit more about this one so I know how to break it down more. Uh, what's What's the things that are taking a long time in your mind and what's, you know, so a little bit softer, it goes a long way with, with teams instead of uh, a, a demand, which they're used to and, and the questions of which they're used to of, well, tell me exactly why it's going to take you so long. You, you could monkey. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, <laughs> you know, uh, so that, that gold plating monkey boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And guess what? Some of us do go play. It's it's perfectly, you know, that's... Uh, well, that also speaks to a different issue about... It's the back to that safety question and, and creating that environment and trust. Yeah. You know? You'll find if you have those more meaningful conversations that you'll actually get them to open up about the gold plating and that they don't want to gold play it either uh, unless it's certain situations where they're going to be Where they to found it. something really cool that they just have to add in. Yeah, and they're more likely to tell you that too if you have a good relationship. Yeah, uh, cool. You can actually ask the question: Is this something we actually need, or is it something that's just really cool that you want to do? And they'll probably say, oh, "That's really cool. I want to do it." Yeah, yeah. Um, but it also brings this benefit. Yeah. So. Okay, so if people have follow up questions for you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, so two ways: uh, we have uh, Tim at leadingagile.com. 
T-I-M at leadingagile.com or via LinkedIn. Um, and depending on when this is out, Dave, I'll be at Agile Day Atlanta. So, so let's talk about Agile Day Atlanta because we forgot to do that in the other podcast. So when is Agile Day Atlanta? Agile Day Atlanta is May 11th, uh, 2018. We've got a fantastic list of speakers lined up. I'm super proud of the of the uh, of the event this year, and uh, it's going to be a. Uh, we've got sourced from the community of, of are the come to tracks, so it's not something we invented. It's um, it's the ones that they ask for the most. Okay. Uh, so it's has to do with product ownership and merging product uh, uh, disciplines and. Well, that's Rex. good. So that focus on product ownership is continuing. Then I'm glad yeah. that's happening. Okay. And then and then there's one on uh, enterprise scaling uh, and just scaling of agility. Okay. Uh, and then a final one, which is really more on the tech practices side. So it's, it's conveniently termed DevOps, which I'm kind of rolling my eyes over here on the DevOps side, but because <laughs> it means so many different things. But I actually think that we've represented every one of those different things in this track. So oh, good. Okay. It's so cool. Uh, and the uh, my favorite talk in that track this year it's going to be on mutation testing. So wow, uh, yeah, cool. Well, who's giving that one? You know, uh, I'm talking to say I, me. I'm giving that talk. Yeah, I, I would love to. <laughs> I would love to be the guy that gives that one. So this one is a, a new speaker this year for Agile Day Atlanta, and it's and for those listening, it's AgileDayAtlanta.com. Uh, uh, this is Matthew Knowles. He's from a company called Greater Sum, which is, uh, focuses on software craftsmanship here in Atlanta. Cool. Uh, and I, I really appreciate them. So it's called Who Watches the Watchmen? Oh, uh, nice. Inter- nice comment tie in there. I like that. Yeah. An introduction to better metrics on your code quality. Okay. So this is going to be on May 11th, and they can go to AgileDayAtlanta.com if they want to find out more. Tim- yeah, check it out. And thank you very much. Thank you for for doing that and for uh, all the stuff you do for the Agile community in Atlanta. Thanks for taking time out of your Friday. My pleasure, Dave. Thanks. Cool.